Hi and welcome to episode number 66 of the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. So Phil and I just recorded an awesome webinar, which we're using to, of course, promote the course, but it's going to be available at some point soon for you guys on the website and maybe on the blog as well. But one of the, the things that we talked about in it, the main sort of theme was fluency in Mandarin in six months from zero. And it's possible now. We've just sort of come to this realization over the expansion of the course. So we now cover 94% comprehension, 94% of the language essentially, because we cover 1500 most common characters. And these make up around 4000 common words. Now, one of the key things we had to establish in the early part of the webinar was, what is fluency? And that led us to thinking, of course, and we came to the conclusion that fluency is this. It is the ability to use what is usually a fraction of the available words in a similar way a native speaker does to communicate what you want to communicate successfully. Now, this fraction can be uh, a thousand words, it could be 5,000, it could be 10,000. But you only need a very small amount, really, to be classified as fluent. Fluency is more about how well you can wield and control these words at your will, rather than how many words you actually know. So, for example, I know people that are very fluent, uh, or sorry, very literate in Russian. They can understand everything they hear, but they haven't necessarily practiced enough to be able to communicate even that like basic stuff is quite difficult for them uh, this is quite an unusual situation but still it's more about if say say for example you had 1000 words but you knew how to use these words 1000 common words in chinese which is what the foundation aspect of our course covers and plus 600 words you can be classed as fluent absolutely because those thousand words, if they're the most common thousand, you can pretty much communicate most things. I mean, pretty much anything if you're creative enough, right? So imagine if you, I don't know, you forget the word refrigerator. You could say things like, oh, you know, the, 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 the cold, the cold uh, machine, the machine you put food in to keep it cool in your kitchen. Right? All the words I just used to explain that were in the top 1,000, 100%. So that's what I mean. And... The webinar basically first establishes that. We say, how do you get to fluency? Or what is fluency, sorry? And how do you actually get there? And we give a step-by-step -step system. And it's basically just outlining how the course works, right? how the Mandarin Blueprint method works. So if you're listening to this podcast, you don't know how the Mandarin Blueprint method works, you haven't tried it, or you just sort of stumbled across this, uh, you were looking for some, some solution to your Mandarin learning, go to mandarinblueprint.com and start a seven-day free trial. And check it out. It's a single system that will get you to fluency in six months if you put in enough time per day. So we break down how the course works and how to actually you know, learn pronunciation first. Most of you listening to this are members of the course, so you know what we're talking about. Learn pronunciation first, then you learn characters. Immediately jump in and learn characters. Then you learn words, which are made up of those characters. And then you start getting input as soon as possible. You start reading sentences and then longer form content, and of course, listening too. And you, then you start just making your goal to get as many characters as you can. You need about 3,000 if you want advanced fluency. Uh, but you, know, you don't have to worry about that. You can just focus on that 1,000 most common words first, which you can get to with our method and our course 
with 600 common characters. And that's basic fluency. And there are different levels to fluency. You know, so a thousand words is basic fluency, as you can say. You can still communicate a lot, but you might run into some problems, like if you forget the word refrigerator, for example. But uh, you can then go to, say, 5,000 words, which is, I, I suppose, would be classified as uh, native fluency to a fairly average person. You're fairly, but if an, it's an educated person, and they're very eloquent, and they can speak a lot of words, but they can also speak them fluently, it's probably about 10,000 words. It's, it's like the high-level native fluency. So don't worry about those big numbers yet. I'm just saying that to be fluent, first you classify what it means, which I've already established, and then you go and try and learn that top thousand words as quickly as you can, as well as you can, through reading and listening. And, uh, and then, of course, speaking practice. Speaking practice, speaking and writing and output, essentially, does require individual practice, but it's mainly just a product of what you consume. So don't, we, we always tell people, both on the course and off, don't worry about it. Don't concern about it too much. You, you need it, but one or two 45-minute sessions per week, preferably with a paid tutor, is more than you'll need. So that's the gist. You first figure out what fluency is, which I've already established, is being able to wield about 1,000 words at least, uh, I would say is, is a good number, um, and be able to rearrange those words and use those words to communicate what you want to communicate. And you get there by those several steps that I mentioned. Um, and then towards the end, we put this in the focus of the Mandarin Blueprint method itself. So if you wanted to, this, these, these steps of like, you know, pronunciation, characters, words, uh, reading and listening and practicing speaking, that's pretty much, that applies to everyone, right? But in order to do this in reality, it's very difficult. Uh, you'll still be miles ahead of the average learner just knowing this sequence. But you will still have a lot of work ahead of you. Like if you, if you went out there and tried to find your own characters, your own words, and your own reading and listening content from scratch from, as a beginner, that's super tough. It's very hard. There's nothing else out there that syncs up. But that's why we created Oclo, Optimal Character Learning Order. So the characters that you learn, not only in order of frequency, but they connect to every layer of the language. So the pronunciation, of course, you learn in Pronunciation Mastery is our sort of short video course that teaches you all about that, everything you need to know. And then it's, you start learning very simple components that are also the most common. And these components build up to unlock characters. You learn a bunch of characters in order of frequency, but also related to the components. And then, of course, once you've built up enough characters, you start unlocking more and more compound words that are made up of the characters that you know. And we also talk about how to learn those words. I'm not going to go into that right now. That's a whole podcast, how to learn words. That's a really good idea, actually. Probably do that next time. How to learn words. And then, so you learn some uh, compound words. You build up a base of words, characters, components. And then after a while, very short amount of time, we actually start showing you sentences that are made up of what we know that you know at that point, which can be after just a few weeks or even a few days of learning, if you, depending on how much time you put in per day, which is the next thing I'm going to get into. So then you start building up these words, seeing them in context of sentences. That's where you start learning grammar. No grammar points, nothing like that. You just start reading the words you see and listening to them, of course, with native audio, both male and female, which we provide. And that makes you acquire the language. If you get enough of these sentences, repetition, of course, and also you start after that, a few more levels, you start getting into phase four and five where you start actually unlocking longer form content. And again, we, we have written it or rather we've got native speakers to write it. 
to be tuned perfectly, almost perfectly, to your level. So you know, you can read and understand everything you're looking at after just a few weeks of learning. And, you know, that that's we've, we've designed the whole thing just to be the perfect or as perfect, as close to perfect as possible uh, of, of a single curriculum to get you from zero to fluency. Now, what about the six months part, right? You know, how do you get, you know, how can I guarantee it takes six months? Well, I can't take it guarantee it's going to take you six months because that's on you. We've made the, the, the language is still huge, right? It's still a lot to learn. We, we can't change that. But we've made every step of the way as efficient as possible. And of course, we can improve. We're always improving. But it's, it's as efficient as anything. <laughs> the most efficient way out there at the moment. Um, so that's what we're trying to do is get you to that level. Now, how much time do you put in per day? Well, we've got a handy chart that we've put together based on people on our course, the, like the data that we've collected from them and how far they've got into the course, how long that's taken them. And to my right here, you should be seeing it. So we have a snapshot, depending on how much you put in per day, if you put in 30 minutes a day, you can get to literacy within about you know, six months or so uh, and fluency in about double that time. Um, let me just make sure I have it up here. So you can see that if you put just 30 minutes a day, and that's really the minimum if you want any sort of results from language learning, you need to set aside 30 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be in one lump either. It could just be in, uh, you know, it could be spread throughout the day. But 30 minutes a day, you can get to literacy in eight to 10 months, depending on your, your that, that, that sort of window, that two or three months window is based on your personal intelligence and ability and all that stuff, which is a, a small factor, I guess. Um, and then to actually, so that's become literate. That's of course the first stage. And then after another few months, 15 to 18 months, within a year and a half, you can be fluent in Chinese. It's just 30 minutes a day, that's possible. With using the, the materials that we have on the course and uh, using uh, the re review materials, like the flashcards that we supply you and all this sort of stuff. Now, if you go right to the other end of the spectrum, three hours a day, which is, we believe to be the most sort of efficient, the optimal time before the results start becoming, uh, before you start getting a diminishing return on the results because of your lack of uh, energy at that point. Now, I might be wrong, but we don't want to be like, okay, if you study for six hours a day, you can do it in one month. Because I don't think humans work like that. I think people have three hours of focused study in them per day, maybe. And, you know, if someone says they study eight hours a day, half of that's usually YouTube. Uh, so, yeah, three hours actual time with the course, focus time, and reviewing the materials. Everything in total per day, on average, of course. In two to three months, you can get to literacy. You can get that first thousand words, characters acquired including all the pronunciation, you can actually learn to read it, understand it, even write it, because the methods that we teach you, that's just the sort of side effect, you naturally learn how to write, which I'm not going to get into how we do that, but just check out the course, you'll see. And then it takes another few, about double the time, on average, to acquire that point to the point where you can actually use the stuff. Are you perfect? Do you speak the language perfect? Do you, without any ums or ahs? No, of course not. But you can get to the point where you can, with enough uh, time and effort, and as long as you're ha you have full energy, you can actually communicate what you need to communicate, those thousand words, 
in less than six months. From zero, by the way, right? And we're very excited to sort of have this data. And of course, there'll be exceptions, you know, there'll be uh, people that put in three hours, but maybe it takes them eight months or something like that, or vice versa. We've had, there's always those special people as well that have maybe, I don't know, more of a natural talent or an affinity and they can do it in much less time. This is just average, okay? So this is what's possible now. Um, and I, I understand that you, I'm, I'm going to definitely, I'm not, there's no might about it. I'm going to have some skepticism from this, of course, people that are not on the course. But this is possible. We've seen it enough times to know that it's not just those special people that are doing it. It's also just people that are willing to set aside the time per day, whether it's 30 minutes, one hour, three hours, and put in the time and effort. This is possible. So anyway, that's how I wanted to start today's podcast. I just wanted to, we just recorded the webinar so i was just sort of in the mode and it was a great webinar i wanted to share um th that concept so if anyone's out there you're, you just started the course or you maybe you're thinking about it or you're just learning chinese in your own way and maybe you're like most people you're not really sure if what you're using is working or if it's what it's possible uh you know so that's that's it for the sort of i guess you could say just the general topic that i wanted to cover today now let's get into some of the messages we've had this week. So first message we've got is from Abigail. And she said, could be translated, what did you do online? What is the, why is L used here? Ah, oh, right, okay. So the L here, uh, well, anytime you see a L, it either means a change or a completion. Doesn't necessarily mean past tense, but it's usually naturally gonna be past tense because when we've completed something or changed, something has changed, we're referring to it in the past tense. Um, so even if it's the very recent past tense. But here, 你上网干什么? Like, what, did, what are you doing, or what, what do you do online? That's what that really translates as. What do you do online? 你上网干什么? Or it could also mean, in the right context, what did you do online too? depends what the context is, right? But that le, it's like, what did you do? What did you just do online? You know, um, like referring to a specific thing that the person has done, completed or changed. Other than that, I mean, yeah, it seems like a fairly straightforward sentence to me. It depends on the context, of course. But uh, for me, that's just like, yeah, what did you do online? Like specifically, when you did that thing, what did you do? Next question is uh, Makai Albert on level 19 complete. Wow, level 19, well done. There's 57 levels in total, but that's that's you know just really really good, really good progress. Made it to level 19, yay! Time to keep going. I enjoyed when you guys used to have encouraging videos after every level completed. Felt like there was a human side to it. We're getting more of those. Don't worry. In fact, level 19, you should still have them. They should they should be. A, uh, we haven't quite finished them all for the new expansion, but. You should still have all those level reviews. Uh, we definitely send out big emails after you finish every level as well, congratulating you. Uh, she says, uh, Abigail also says another, another uh, sort of grammar question, I suppose. What does idiom mean in 我觉得长相重要一点? So, 我觉得, I think, or I feel, 长相, so appearance, the way someone looks, 重要, important, idiom, a little. But when you have idian on the end of something, it means a little more important, sort of comparing and doing a comparison. Um, 
You could say, uh, So taking the car is quicker. Like quite is fast, and 一点 is a little or a little more. So it's quicker. That's what it means. So that's all it does. Just add 一点 onto the end of something, and it, and it makes it a, uh, is it, what's the word? I'm trying to think when I used to teach English. Not superlative. What's the other one? Where it's not the most, but it's more. I say, most, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so that idiom just uh, is like just means more something, something er, yeah. Okay, so here's usually where we talk about course updates, but again, we just we're getting on with the same stuff. Nothing really new to declare at the moment. Uh, just the expansion is pretty much done. Uh, we just got a few more things to do. We've got tons of new stories we want to add to the course. We're just um, making sure we put them in the right places. We're analyzing everything. We're going to have very soon over a hundred long form pieces of content. I want to say a hundred stories, but they're not all stories. They're just longer content from one to three, four paragraphs long of Chinese that we've got a bunch of editors and writers, um, students to help us write. And we've got um, made sure that it's appropriate for your level. We're very excited to put that in. So, all right, next, let's jump straight into movies. Uh, so we've had a few nice ones this week, uh, one from Jay, another from Rebecca, and another from William. So Jay has a movie, make a movie for what I think, again, is probably the toughest category of characters that we have, because the keyword itself is very abstract. Now, before I get into it, this is how we learn characters, guys. If you don't know, uh, we we use the, the techniques, the proven memory techniques of memory athletes, memory champions. Uh, by using memory palaces. I used the word memory a lot there, didn't I? Uh, J-A on make a movie for E. So the reason why this is the most difficult category, is, uh, at least for beginners, it's actually not that difficult, but we teach you how to overcome these things. The keyword is rather abstract. It's one of the most abstract. E means a few things, but it basically the meaning we chose is by means of. So it's like E, it's like using something to do something else. Or... It can, it can have many abstract sort of usages like that. So I want to see how Jay handles this. It's always interesting to watch. So let's have a look. It's Christmas time. Literally, it is. In the living room, so the living room represents the tone, of the third tone of my childhood home, which represents the final, which in this case is null, it's nothing. And my YI actress sneaks a peek at one of her presents. It's a pup tent uh, that sprung open and now she can't get it back in the box she tries pushing stomping etc she tries wetting it down with liquid from a giant eyedropper she even uses a meat hook to pull it into the box by this time the tent is pretty beat up and bent over bent over bent out of shape or something and not looking like itself she's currently looking around at whatever else might be at hand by means of which she may finally be able to get it repackaged before parents come home and catch her smart so he's using, in, in the case of an abstract character, he's using gestures, acting skills. Basically, he's using uh, more subtle emotional sort of uh, triggers, or not emotional triggers, emotional signals, let's say, uh, to show that meaning of by means of. She's sort of looking around. She's trying to see what she can use by means of. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a really good way to handle that. Uh, the next is from... Rebecca Weeble on make a movie for Mian, which means a bunch of different things. Um, I believe, I can't remember what what, what uh, definition we actually chose for it, because there's, there's I think there's literally like 
eight <laughs> different meanings for this particular character, maybe more. Rebecca says, I really struggled with this movie. I'd appreciate some critique on it. Okay. My MI actor walks into the bathroom of my AN set. That's obviously the pronunciation sorted there. The bathroom is the fourth tone. The, doc the doctor. The door slams behind her, which causes her to jump. In front of her is her doppelganger facing away so she can only see her back. It says, I have brought you here to make you face your true self. Ooh. The doppelganger turns rapidly, but her mouth has been replaced by the Cheshire cat's creepy grin. Her nose by Pinocchio's and where her eyes should be is a large horizontal razor blade. Well, this is really dark. <laughs> and of course, my <laughs> MI actor screams. I mean, let me just think of this, right? So yeah, we've got eye, um, her nose. Yes, yeah, so we've got nose, razor blade and mouth. Okay. As long as Cheshire Cat, uh, Pinocchio's nose, and um, the razor blade are all actual props. So you've got that. That's what makes up this uh, particular character. I think it's a great. Actually, this was a, three com a combination of three props that was recommended to us by a client. It's actually better than our own suggestion, in my opinion. Um, then I think that's a great scene. It's very simple. It shows all the props. What would be great, though, just to make sure, because it's quite, you know, you have to focus on a lot of th three things at the same time, right? It's, well, it's very creepy, actually, thinking about it. It's very good. No, that's good. If, you, if it doesn't scare you too much, it's very good. Don't, don't traumatize yourselves, though, guys. Um, I can't think of anything wrong with this at all, except I would maybe just make sure that it's maybe some uh, scary music comes on and it's sort of slow motion. And maybe she even reacts like, you know, really in a sort of slow motion as well, just to make sure you can register all three things very clearly. Because if you're going to do it like that, and that's really good as well, actually, because it's not just face to face, but everything is, this also means face in, in both the shape sense and the actual real sense. So that's awesome. Really well done. That's my critique. <laughs> not much else to say on it, really. Uh, great stuff. Uh, William Edmides on Make a Movie for uh, Pa, which means to climb. Uh, Paul McCartney uh, is the actor, P. The keyword is to crawl. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, you can say that. Absolutely. Um, kitchen of a set, yeah, second A set rather. Neptune's trident. That's really good, yeah, because it looks like that. And an apple pie. But I can't remember why you chose that, but uh, I, I do have a an inkling, but I can't quite remember why. But yeah, that's great. So the apple pie represents the back component. So let's have a look. Time was slowing to a crawl as Paul was starvingly waiting for his apple pie to heat up in the microwave. Hearing the beep, he has hastily opened up the microwave and grabbed the pie, but it was so hot that he dropped it and knocked it under the cupboards. Frustrated, he grabs Neptune's trident and crawls under the cupboard until he stabs the pie, brings it out and eats it. Great, fantastic, and this is something that a lot of people do which is very effective, which is use multiple ways of representing the keyword. There's two ways in this particular one. Because, yeah, like crawl, time slow into a crawl is kind of a saying. It might not might not be as effective to remember it. But you've got the main sort of one where he's, he's clearly crawling. And that's obviously the main point of the scene. So that's going to be very magnified. That's going to be the main sort of uh, climax of the scene, if you like, is him like uh, crawling under, like really maybe strenuously or something like that, just to extend, uh, accentuate it. Fantastic, another great one. So that's just th just three this week. And we just got some props and we'll leave it there for today.
So Mackay Albert, uh, Albert again on Pick a Prop for Yo. I love this one. So Yo means to have. And it's, of course, a character, a very common character. But it's also used as a quite as an important, I was going to say an important component, but they're all important, aren't they? It's, it's used as a component in several other common characters. So we get you to choose a prop for it, an object to represent this character as a whole, so you can use it, memorize it in future uh, characters. <clears throat> and Mackay Albert chose a guy selling drugs in his inner jacket, opening up saying, yo, I got the good stuff. Nice. Uh, you know, we try and keep adult themes out of the course, but that is good. It's, it's like, it's, it's very sort of, um, what do you call it? It's a very sort of cultural reference, I suppose, unfortunately. Um, but it would be good to have a specific person in mind, not just a random bloke who's, oh, yeah, his most, like someone that you can actually imagine. Like, I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking Jay from Jay and Silent Bob, <laughs> just doing that. Uh, but you get the idea, right? Mikhail, but again, pick a prop for yo. It's another yo, but it's pung yo to yo. So it means friend. Woody from Toy Story, connecting to the song, You've Got a Friend in Me. That's brilliant. Yeah, and like this is a, it's not a direct connection, right? It's, a, it's got a couple of degrees of separation. That's fine, as long as it's strong for you. Uh, William Edmini's on prop for joi. This is what we referred to earlier. It's the trident, isn't it? Kind of looks like a trident, so boom, done. And the last one here, J on pick a prop for way, which means surround. It's, uh, it's not coal, coal's the smaller version. It, go, it sort of surrounds other components like that. So it's like a border, and he's chosen a lasso lariat. That's really good. Um, you can even have Wonder Woman, who knows, right, with their lasso, right? That's great. Well done, guys. Uh, I guess it's going to be quite a short one this week, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the first week in a long time where we've had re relatively limited comments. Usually it's, it's almost too much to handle. So, But, uh, you know, as usual, guys, thank you very much for sending in your comments and emails. If you want to be featured on the podcast or, you know, you just want a question answered, whether you're on the course or you're off the course, whoever you are, you want help with Chinese learning, Phil and I are here for you. And we love answering questions. And uh, yeah, it gives us a lot of happiness to do so. So uh, get in touch at contact at mandarinblueprint.com. Or if it's directly about the podcast, you know, and uh, you want to get a quick response as quick as possible, podcast at mandarinblueprint.com. All right, guys, I hope that was helpful. And I will see you in a week or two. Bye bye.